to another episode of Strictly Business, the podcast where we speak with key leaders across the media business today. I'm Corey Erickson with Variety Intelligence Platform. The video game industry has for years undergone consistent growth and experienced a considerable boost in attention during the pandemic, with the entire market reaching nearly $180 billion globally in 2020. One executive involved in several sectors of this market is Ophir Lupu, a partner and the head of video games at United Talent Agency where his division represents top global developers, professional esports athletes, content creators, and live streamers. He's also been involved in negotiating several high-profile M&A deals through UTA. So now is as good a time as ever to hear from him about what's continuing to steer the games market forward. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Back to Strictly Business. We're here with Ophir Lupu, the head of video games at UTA. I like to get things started off with, you know, the development side of things at UTA and, you know, all these different game creators and studios you've uh, been able to sign. Has there been anything recent going on there? Well, hey, thanks, Corey, and thanks for having me. Um, really appreciate the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, we are, you know, we're, we're, we're an active group of folks here at UTA. Um, who oversee our gaming business. And we're always on the lookout for developers to represent. We really want to represent the best and most talented group of developers we can on a global basis. You know, our business is, and our client base is really diverse uh, and global in nature. Uh, I can tell you, I think we have almost exactly one client uh, in Southern California. Um, our clients span the globe from Boston, Montreal, you know, Tokyo, Copenhagen, uh, and even even South Africa. And so we're always on the lookout to represent really great developers. And 
you know, one of the areas that we're always focused on is representing really incredibly young and talented new studios. Uh, and I'm really happy that we've signed uh, two new studios in that regard in the last few months here. Um, one of them is uh, incredibly talented based in Copenhagen. They're called Diguta Fabrique, uh, and they made an incredibly wonderful title called Mutazione, which was nominated for you know, all the awards <laughs> in, the, in the last year or so. Uh, and we're really excited to work with them. So we, we, uh, we're lucky enough to represent uh, a studio called Niamakop based in South Africa, um, our first studio in that region, uh, who made a wonderful uh, first title called Semblance, um, which also is recognized for a ton of awards. So we're really interested, Corey, in not just representing sort of the biggest and best names that are sort of household names in the gaming business today. And we do that and we love doing it, uh, obviously. And it's an honor to represent those folks. It's equally as important to us to make sure that we represent the next wave of creators in the space. Oh, that's a really good point. I mean, the gaming industry is, it's become, you know, an incredibly vast global market. Um, New Zoo has it at 175 billion globally as of uh, November of last year. Um, so yeah, in terms of signing development studios and creators, what specifically draws you to them in terms of the sort of games you're seeing coming from, you know, all these different places in the world? What is UTA really looking for in that regard? Well, I think we always look for folks that have unique voices. I mean, I think that's the, you know, that's sort of a through line across all of our various divisions and clients that we represent, right? We want to represent uh, people who have unique creative vision and voices that are going to stand out from, from the rest. You know, um, it's the thing that gets us most passionate uh, about representing these people. Um, you know, we talk about game in my groups. We talk about games all the time. We play games all the time. We talk about the things that inspire us. And that's really sort of been the guiding light. It's as simple as I can put it. Um, you know, we want to represent people that inspire us uh, and that we are passionate about. Uh, certainly, you know, one of my favorite games of all time is Limbo. Um, made by Playdead based in Copenhagen. And it's, it's uh, an honor to represent them, right? It's, it's exactly the kind of studio that we're, we dream of representing. That's great. Um, you've also signed people from within Hollywood before too. Um, I believe Justin Roiland some time ago came to you wanting to uh, collaborate on games, correct? Yeah. Justin is a longtime client of the agency uh, on the on the more traditional television side. Obviously, is the co-creator of Rick and Morty, and, and now Solar Opposites, uh, which is incredibly funny. Um, and you know, I got a call from him, from my colleague uh, Matt Rice, who's one of our board members in the TV group, who who asked me to meet Justin, uh, and I did. And Justin came into my office and was so passionate about games and sat down and basically said, I want to start my own game development studio. And after I tried to talk him out of that, um, I realized that he was serious about it. And we put a real plan together and put a plan in place for him to, you know, really understand, because he's a huge gamer, right? And really just deep, deep understanding of games and, you know, going all the way back to, you know, generations ago in terms of consoles, you know, really plays board games and, and understands game design actually like on a crazy level. Um, but above and beyond that, it was really how do we get him to understand how to build a development studio, 
how to get financing around it, and then how to strike relevant partnerships that can help take them to the next level. And Trover Saves the Universe was sort of the first game that came out of that studio. Squanch Games is, is the studio. Um, and they're working on a uh, unannounced, uh, super cool new one right now. And I can't wait for everybody to see it. So in addition to signing various development studios and game creators, UTA uh, is also heavily involved in raising capital for a lot of these companies. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, we recognized about five or six years ago uh, that in addition to the primary function and services that we provided our clients, which predominantly in the game space had been doing deals with publishers for publishing services, and in many cases with, you know, some of the first parties and, and uh, first party platforms for distribution deals, that we were starting to see this influx of investment coming into the space, equity investment coming into the space, whether that was from a handful of strategics, uh, mostly out of Asia, whether it was from private equity uh, and venture, some of the institutional investors um, that were really starting to see gaming as a viable investment strategy for them, that we wanted to make sure that we also had that ability uh, on behalf of our clients to broker those types of transactions. And so Myself and a number of colleagues went out um, uh, and took our Series 7, uh, did our studying, uh, got licensed by FINRA and the SEC to do those types of deals. And it's been really successful. Um, and it's been an incredible expansion of, our, uh, 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 of what we do for our clients, um, both on the capital raise side, I think we've done about 20 or so of those on the gaming side in the better part of the past five years, but also on the M&A side. Um, we've advised numerous clients of ours in the sale of their studios, um, most recently representing Clay Entertainment in their sale to Tencent, um, which capped off, I think, the third sale we've done in the past 18 months um, across a number of different categories. So we're, um, you know, we're super excited to continue that line of business for our clients. It's an incredible uh, time and opportunity for game developers, uh, both on the publishing and distribution side, certainly also on the capital raise and M&A side. Shifting gears a bit, um, in 2018, UTA ended up acquiring two different companies that were pretty invested in the esports world, PressX and Everyday Influencers. What spurred UTA to really sort of, you know, dive headfirst into the esports and live streaming space? Yeah, it's a great uh, it's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up. You know, esports for us is a really important important growth area. Um, you know, gaming has been uh, a big part of the growth of UTA on the digital side, and we think that esports uh, is 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 incredibly incredibly important and complementary. Um, you know, what spurred it was I'm fortunate enough to sit on UTA's investment committee, where we've been investing in companies. Um, for quite some time, early stage, all the way to late stage companies across, you know, media, technology, and various entertainment sectors and consumer products as well. And that's, you know, companies like Lyft or Pocket Watch or Patreon or Masterclass. Um, and one of the companies that we invested in that I was really uh, an advocate for investing in, along with my colleague, Sam Wick, who runs our ventures practice, was Cloud9, which is a leading esports um organization and they're very well known obviously they're they're 
dominant in uh, in League of Legends and a number of other uh, games in the esports sector. And that investment, which you know was our first investment into esports, our first investment in gaming, frankly, um, really I think gave us this incredible front row seat to what was going on in the esports world. Right, uh, whether it was on the pro player side or the content creation side, I think it really helped give us even more um, uh, certainty that we needed to be in it in a deeper way. And so Sam and I together um, really went out and developed this thesis that we should be in that space. Um, you know, on UTA being the entrepreneurial company that it is, really gave us um, you know all the rope we needed to go out there and you know look at companies look at the sector, come back, make a recommendation. We had met Damon Lau, who's the CEO of, of both those sister companies and his team, and really felt like they would be an incredible fit at UTA. And we're so lucky to get them. And you know, since then, uh, I'm really happy to say that the thesis proved itself out. Cool. Um, so with a lot of um, esports athletes, you know, they're competing in a lot of um, virtual tournaments, sometimes, you know, live tournaments in stadiums too, you know, obviously before um, the pandemic changed a lot of that, but content creation is also such a key component for many, um, many esports athletes active in that space. When you're looking for teams or players to sign, how much is um, their attitude and, you know, sort of quantity of live streaming sort of affecting these decisions? Well, that's a good question. I think it's also important to say, you know, esports for us is sort of a broad umbrella under which we really operate three sub-businesses, right? There's the business of representing pro players, and those are players who primarily play in the franchise leagues. So that would be mostly in League of Legends, and we represent a handful of really incredible players in the Call of Duty League. Um, so that is sort of its own separate business unit, right? Um, then we represent streamers, of course. Um, and those are some of the biggest names in streaming, whether it's Nick Merckx or Pokimane or Valkyrae, um, Disguise Toast, and many, many more. Um, and then we also have you know, a, 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 a brand business where we've represented a handful of, whether they're consumer-facing brands or gaming companies, who are looking to really activate in that space, and we help advise them uh, on a number of different ways. So that's sort of esports more broadly. I think is important to just make sure that we touch on um, with respect to signing new clients. Look, I mean, going back to what I spoke about earlier with respect to our development studios, I think you know, the number one thing that's important in representing and signing somebody is passion. Right, having that passion for them. You're going to be establishing a relationship, working with them daily, weekly, monthly, you know, seven days a week, 365. I mean, this is a real, it's, a, you know, in many ways, being an agent isn't a job, it's really a lifestyle. And if you're going to do that, you're going to have to be really passionate about the people that you represent, right? Um, coming down to it with respect to live streamers, you know, I think in many ways, what they do is this incredible blend of art and science. Um, the science part is the technical aspect. Are you really good at playing these games? Because some of the most amazing gameplay sessions I see are from our clients on Twitch. I mean, it's incredibly skillful what they do, um, just in and of itself. 
the art of it is can you be compelling to an audience for i mean you know Corey, these streams sometimes last five six seven eight hours um they're ridiculous it's 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 really incredible um what they do can you be compelling to an audience right in many ways you know i view twitch and our live streamers as it sort of the new late night couch right um this incredible back and forth with guests that they bring on, that they co-stream with, uh, the interactivity with the audience, you know, so it's got to be really compelling. So I think, number one, you got to be passionate about the people you're working with. Uh, and second, there's this incredible blend of art and science that I think goes into being really great at it. Yeah, One I think one of the most interesting things about sort of, you know, the live streaming universe and all of the different people uh, sort of making a living doing this is the fact that their medium of choice is something that often has them on stream interacting with fans for hours and hours and hours and hours at a time. Um, a lot of uh, studies that often look at sort of, you know, the most popular streamed games on Twitch often find that, you know, just the streamers chatting with their fans ranks as high as, you know, some of the most popular titles. Uh, so in that case, is there sort of, you know, given that Twitch in recent months has really sort of been, you know, cracking down on its terms of service and making sure, you know, it develops very strict protocols for player behavior and addressing misconduct and, you know, potentially offensive things that can be said on air. Uh, is there sometimes a bit of a concern with signing on players, especially from a crowd that often skews pretty young, that, you know, they need to understand that things like professional conduct and behavior are still sort of, you know, expected if you're going to be repping brands for hours and hours and hours at a time on stream. Yeah, look, I mean, I think it's, it's a timely question. And, you know, as a parent of two young kids, um, I'm really supportive of what Twitch is doing to try and ensure that, you know, the platform is really safe for not just the consumers and the participants, and but certainly also, you know, the streamers themselves. Um, there's a lot of there, there's a lot of back and forth there, right? Um, it, the question is, are we concerned about it? I mean, look, you know, to my point earlier, we tend to get a really good feel for who our clients are early in the process, even in the signing, you know, when we're signing them, right? The, the profile of our clients is pretty consistent, right? We really want to represent folks that were again not a passion is going to keep coming up here not only that we're passionate about but that we feel you know really confident in taking to the market um not everything's perfect not everything's always going to work out and it's our job in those thankfully very rare i can't even think of one instances that we've that we at least have the tools accessible to our clients to ensure that um you know if they need it that it's there we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how the pandemic disrupted the esports world and what companies heavily invested in this space like UTA had to do to adjust to the new reality there. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K. 
LASIK.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. back to Strictly Business. We're here with Ophir Lupu, the head of video games at UTA. Now, Ophir, when the pandemic happened, obviously it's something that affected, you know, virtually every sector that requires people to be physically present for anything, but especially in games and with esports, you know, developing into, you know, this gigantic universe of global events, you know, crowd filling stadiums and all that. What was sort of, you know, the initial impact when all these different shutdowns occurred, gaming events got canceled? Obviously, esports can, you know, exist and thrive virtually, but nevertheless, you know, there were a lot of developments in, you know, continuing this to be a worldwide operation. Call of Duty League in particular, I think, was really, you know, starting to ramp up things following um, the release of their Modern Warfare game, as well as, you know, prepping for the release of Warzone coming out not long after that. How did UTA, you know, respond to, you know, all the chaos of COVID? Well, the first thing and the most important thing always was ensuring that all of our clients were, you know, were safe and, and healthy and taken care of. So that's that, that's sort of standard across the board stuff. And look, what we did was we worked with our, our partners, right, to ensure that our clients were going to be well taken care of, um, whether that's our partners on the league side, on the team side, you know, the organizational side, um, and on their brand partner side. Um, and, you know, those discussions happened early and often, and I think the results were pretty good. I mean, I think what's incredible about, you know, this pandemic generally is seeing the innovations and ingenuity of businesses across the board um, uh, and how they manage to sort of make it through. And the same can you know, can be said about the gaming business, certainly the esports business. I think the the quality of the production level was really high. The quality of the gameplay and the competition was really high ultimately. And um, we're really proud of our clients for getting through all of it, obviously. Um, and we're really, you know, happy of the relationship and the working relationship we've got with with our partners across the board there. And I think net net, it you know, we're glad it all it all turned out well, and the fans were able to watch and participate and. You know, obviously, I I personally can't wait to get back into a stadium full of people and see um, and see matches live, and and I'm sure our clients can't either. I mean, that's that's there's certainly a connection there that you can't you can't replicate. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as chaotic as everything has been with the pandemic, one of the most interesting things to sort of witness in the video game space was how, um, you know, massively popular games like Fortnite really sort of turned themselves into multimedia platforms beyond, you know, just characters, you know, battling each other for uh, the top prize. Um, you were actually, this had already been going on before the pandemic, um, as far back as when they sort of had their first concert with uh, the electronic musician Marshmallow, which mm -hmm. arranging that was something you were actually involved with at the time, correct? Yes. Yeah, no, that's, uh, look, I think what Fortnite has done, generally speaking, um, in terms of creating this shared social space um, is, has obviously been incredible. Um, the, you know, the marshmallow concert and uh and and all that that went into it was just an incredible experience to be a part of and i'm always be i'll always remember that one for sure um and look we're, we're always trying to find ways to put our clients at the center of gaming we think it's obviously really important um to have our clients who are authentic gamers and who are really interested in the space, authenticity matters, uh, as you know, um, find the right ways of participating in, in the ecosystem of gaming. So whether it was the Marshmallow concert, whether it was you know, someone like Dominic Fike, who's uh, an up and coming artist that you know, on the music side that we're thrilled to represent, he had an incredible uh, debut in Fortnite um, during the pandemic, or whether it's someone like Post Malone, who has a really deep love of Call of Duty, and we were able to partner him with Team Envy for him to come in as an owner. Um, we're always looking for those opportunities across all of our respective areas. Now, the pandemic for sure um, created a, a heavy amount of interest from our clients, who some, you know, a lot of whom were couldn't tour um, to get into the space, and you know. We think, given all the work we've done in the past on that, uh, that there is a huge business opportunity uh, there for our clients. Um, and so to that end, I went out and we hired somebody great, a guy named Jeff Sawyer, who we announced a few months ago has come in. Uh, we hired him from Red Bull uh, to come in and oversee all, of, specifically all of our music and gaming partnerships. Um, given the success of Fortnite and all the work we've done with them, of course, the success of Roblox, and you know a ton of other opportunities in the space. When you see music integrations in games like NBA 2K or GTA, um, you know we see that you know, that intersection of gaming and music really happening and coming at a really fast velocity. And we want to make sure that we're you know we're the best in the business of doing that for our clients. And yeah, you brought, you brought him up, but Post Malone has also been active on sort of these the music collaboration front too. Um, in February, he headlined. Pokemon's 25th anniversary virtual concert. Um, after this uh, Jeff Sawyer hire coming from Red Bull, what, what do you see as, you know, sort of the future of these collaborations and finding all these different opportunities for gaming to come together with UTA's other departments and clients? And not even in terms of just music, but, you know, what's going on with looking at opportunities in the film and television spaces? Look, there's a lot of ground to cover, uh, and the opportunities, frankly, are are, are really endless. And, and I don't just mean, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying that to say that. I think that I think we're just beginning to scratch the surface of what music and gaming integrations look like. Um, 
it, we're not too far away from the moment where you're going to see original music by big name artists being title tracks for games in the same way they have been for film and television, um, for sure. I think someone, you know, what you're coming to see is someone like Post Malone, you know, doing this Pokemon collaboration. You know, he's an authentic Pokemon fan, right? That really meant a lot to him. And I think we're starting to really mine our clients across the board in terms of what are they interested in? Because as I said, gaming is a global business, right? There are games that are not popular necessarily in the U.S. that are hugely popular in other territories. Um, and so it's really important for us to know what our clients play, what they love, uh, and we're going to be able to sort of make those matches organically and ensure that they're authentic for sure. Um, on the film and TV side, you know, that's another area that we're really excited about. Um, you know, I'd say gaming IP has always been attractive to film and television, um, mostly film sort of historically. Um, I think what you're starting to see now is as new creators emerge in both mediums, right? As they, as they mature and grow up, right? Um, they're coming from a place where gaming became sort of a steady part of their media consumption diet, right? Like, you know, growing up, I grew up playing games. Um, and I think as generations mature upward, it becomes less and less of a stigma about what games are relative to other medium, right? I think it's just a natural part of your, you know, media intake. Um, and so with that, I think has come this mutual respect and admiration across both, you know, both film, television, and gaming collectively. Um, and you're starting to see these really incredible collaborations happen. Um, you know, the, the first that comes to mind is a game that I love, The Last of Us. You think of someone like Neil Druckmann pairing up with someone like Craig Mazin um, and what that's going to be, right? I think there's this like mutual respect across both that is going to allow for this incredible collaboration to happen. And by the way, just last week, I think you saw, uh, or a few weeks ago, you saw Chris Melodondri get named to the, the board of Nintendo, um, right? Chris Melodondri, of course, runs Illumination. Um, and so I think you're going to start to see a lot of cross-pollinization from, uh, from creators on, uh, across multiple different vectors uh, who are going to come together and create you know, either new experiences or find ways of adapting gaming IP and bringing them to you know, linear audiences in a much more authentic way. True. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up The Last of Us. Um, that's a particularly huge project coming from HBO and uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment, which uh, through its PlayStation Productions banner has been, you know, making a really big push to bring a lot of its original IP to various film and TV outlets. I think um, another very sort of chaotic development to come from uh, this past year was the launch of all these different streaming services, you know, before the pandemic. And now after it, we see NBC Universal, Warner Media, and uh, more recently Viacom CBS all active in the streaming space with uh, new services. So, given that there is such a high demand for content right now, has you know anyone been coming to your division looking to see if 
the gaming IP um, across your various clients is stuff that could present, you know, lucrative story opportunities for um, visual projects? Yeah, look, I mean, the, the short answer is yes. Um, and as I alluded to earlier, I think the thing that's going to be most exciting to our clients um, and certainly to IP holders generally, certainly on the gaming side, is how how are we going to put together a package that's going to be reflective of and be authentic to the source material itself, right? Um, there's been no shortage of interest in, in gaming IP uh, for years, right? I think the advent of these streaming services, uh, you know, so the, the need for content, but also the ability that we've seen from the streaming providers themselves to give a lot of creative flexibility to their partners is also super interesting. You know, I mean, I think that the economics are always important, but I'd say as important to the economics of all this is the quality bar being set at a pretty high level um, for these exploitations. So we're really excited about it. Absolutely. There's looking ahead at the universe of gaming, like, like we said earlier, um, it's really a, it's almost approaching $200 billion in worth for the overall market. Esports in particular um, is projected at just over a billion for 2021 by Nuzu. There's just so much expansion that is really still on the way. Um, you know, as long as video games have been around for it, it really seems like, you know, we, we just kind of, we just went through the, you know, the golden age of television from 2010 to 2019, basically. Uh, it seems like, the equivalent of that is, you know, fast approaching for video games in a way, but because video games have such an intrinsic virtual nature, it's, you know, it's something that does really feel endless. Yeah, look, I mean, gaming has been growing at, if, if I have my numbers right, it's been growing at 11%, I think, compounded annual growth rate for like yeah. over a decade at this point. Um, you know, mobile alone last year was like 76 billion dollars so yeah mobile usually accounts for about half of the whole thing about half of the whole thing yeah um and you know that's a that's a market segment that didn't exist you know 14 years ago so i think as you look at you know increased broadband globally um you know mobile availability 5g you know just an incredible amount of uh of, of gaming talent that has not just come from um, not just come from cities that are well known for for having a high degree of gaming companies, you know, cities like Montreal or Toronto, for instance, uh, or San Francisco, but also from universities, right? I mean, don't forget, about two decades ago, we started seeing the creation of university programs across the country, across the world, that were training, you know students who had a real interest in learning how to make games. Um, and they were putting out, you know, highly skilled, highly talented folks who had a deep understanding of how to make games out into this ecosystem. And as a result of that, as a result of, you know, Epic Games and Unity really coming to the, to the forefront of the, the game engine sort of off the shelf technology solution side of things, you know, distribution opening up more broadly, whether it was Steam, whether it's the console manufacturers sort of opening up, 
their distribution capabilities to indie developers. You know, you've just seen just this incredible output of games, creativity and innovation from, you know, small teams, right? Look at the, the team that made Among Us is I think four people, um, right? Based in Seattle. And, you know, so you're going to continue to see that kind of output. You know, you layer in new platforms, whether it's mobile, as we discussed, um, you know, predating that was the social, you know, social, social gaming on platforms like Facebook. And, you know, what's up next? I mean, AR is going to, is certainly going to be relevant. VR continues to be, you know, really, really good. Um, and I think as those, those platforms and new platforms emerge, um, you're going to continue to see, hopefully, um, you know, our business continue to, to grow. Yeah. There, there's definitely so much to look forward to. It's, yeah, it's really just, it can go in so many different directions. But anyway, um, I just want to thank you for taking the time to stop and chat, Ophir. Corey, thanks. It's been great. I really appreciate it. This has been another episode of Strictly Business. Come back next week for another helping of compelling conversation with media minds leading the industry. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to stay on top of future episodes. Also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so we can hear your feedback. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.